Well, I want to welcome everybody and welcome to a very special Sunday at our church. If you're a guest here, this is the best Sunday to come check us out. It is because you are going to get to witness what we believe. Because the reason I like today is today's the day that you get to preach the sermon. I don't mean I'm going to give you a microphone. That's not happening. But you do get to preach the sermon today through your faith and through your generosity. And if you don't know, uh, today is a day where as a church family, Body Believers, we're, we're going to give a special offering for the building of God's church, for the furthering of this ministry and to see God do what only he can do. This is something that is very biblical, by the way. You see in the Old Testament that there were specific times designated throughout the year where the people of God were supposed to bring a special offering. And then in the New Testament, what you see is that Paul would instruct the churches. He'd say, hey, I want you to give a special offering to advance the work that we're doing, to advance the ministry, to help the gospel get to other regions. And that's exactly what we're gonna do today. And when I say you get to preach the sermon, Paul, when he was writing to the church, he said, it's your generosity that preaches the gospel. Like we've been looking at rocks in our series upon this rock and how Jesus said, if these people didn't praise me, the rocks would cry out. Well, Paul said that because of your generosity, it results in praise to God. It results in overflowing thanks. So when you give, when you're obedient, when you're generous, it results in praise to God and it, it preaches the gospel. And that's why I think this is the best Sunday you could be here if you're a guest, because whenever you come to church, you're always kind of wondering, like, what does this church actually believe? Like, what do they really believe here? And what you get to see is that we really believe what we're talking about. Like, we really do believe that the Bible is God's word. We really do believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We really do believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you can go through the motions on. Like, you can sit in a service, and you can receive the word, and you can take notes, and you can engage in worship. You can even serve. But you can't fake generosity. And, in fact, it's impossible to give sacrificially without love. When you really understand what sacrifice is, you recognize that it's not something that you're giving up. It is something that you are giving to. And what we're going to see today is, is that many of us are, are going to come forward with a sacrificial gift. And I say that just to let you know that this isn't going to be so much of a sermon as much as it is just me sharing from my heart. We're going to look at some scripture and I'm going to share some with you, but I believe that God is going to speak to your heart as we engage with God's word. And I wouldn't even encourage you to take notes. I purposely didn't put a lot of points in this message. I know some of you are great note takers and I love you. That's awesome. You're my people. But if you just even hold one thing in your hand, hold that offering envelope in your hand and let God speak to your heart today. Let him meet you where you're at. I believe it's going to be transformative. We've been in this series called Upon This Rock where we've really referencing the, the words of Jesus when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. In many ways, that's what we're doing through this offering. We're gonna build God's church. But what we're really gonna build is your faith. It's your faith that's gonna grow. 
That's why I want to use as a backdrop for our time together today, a, a text from Joshua chapter four. And really, I'm going to go through the first four chapters of Joshua, just kind of pick out some different scriptures, because this is a great picture of faith. If you don't know what happens in Joshua 4, where we're going to look, it is right when the children of Israel are crossing the Jordan River, going into the promised land. Now, this is significant for lots of reasons, but the reason it's a picture of faith is because the promised land represents God's best for you. It represents God's promises to you. It represents what he wants to do in your life and what he wants you to see in your life, what he's spoken over you, what he has for you. That's the promised land. And the Jordan River is a transition moment. It always represents transition in scripture. And so as we look to Joshua chapter four, I want us to read it together. Starting in verse one, it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from his tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing. I was gonna share all the scripture with you in Joshua 3, you'll just have to read it for yourself, but in Joshua 3, the Jordan River is at a flood stage. At a flood stage, it would have been a mile wide, would have been 150 feet deep, it's echoing the miracle that God worked when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea. Well, now they're crossing the Jordan River. If the Red Sea represented their salvation, it's like a baptism, the Jordan River represents their sanctification. The time in the wilderness, they're moving from slaves to survivors. Now they're moving from survivors to settlers. It's taking a next step in what God has for you. This is an amazing miracle where before the Red Sea, Moses stretched out his hand with his staff and the waters parted. And this time, God told Joshua to send the priests forward and to step out first. There's gotta be a step of faith first. They step out into the water and as they put their feet in the water, the water begins to part. So he's saying, I want you to go back. The priests carried the ark from right where the priests are standing. The priests were supposed to stand in the middle of the Jordan why everybody else went first. In some ways, it's a picture of what happens when we tithe. When we tithe, we're, we're taking the holy part. That's what the priests were. They were dedicated to the Lord. They belong to God. When we take the tithe and we give it to God first, it blesses the rest. And so the priests, they stand in the middle while everybody else is passing through the Jordan River. They pass over and he says, go back to where the priests are standing, grab a stone from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men and he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, say future. future. Let's try it again, say future. See, what we're giving is not just for right now. We're, we're putting something down that's gonna matter for the future. I talked about this a, a few weeks ago that we're about building the next generation at this church, that we, we care about the kids and the youth and what is being taught to them. And we have a mandate from God to, to raise up a godly generation. 
Well, he says, in, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. What we're doing has an eternal difference. It matters for eternity. Verse eight says, so the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. I don't have a lot of points for you. In fact, I don't have any, but I have one thing I wanna say to you today. It's the title of my message. I wanna speak to you from this thought, don't come out empty-handed. Don't come out empty-handed. Now it's gonna make more sense as we get into this, but you gotta understand what we're reading, what we just looked at is a significant moment. It's a transitional moment. And I think sometimes it's, it's hard to understand the significance of the moment with what, without understanding what they had just come out of and what they had just come through. And I'm not just talking about the Jordan River now, that part matters, but I'm talking about everything leading up to it. See, if you don't understand what somebody has come out of and what they've come through, you will not understand their sacrifice and you will not understand their deliverance. So they had come through. And the reason this is significant is because, well, I got to back up a bit because Moses has just died. We learned this in verse one of chapter one of Joshua. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Sometimes God just speaks blunt like that. Just matter of fact, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, I don't know if you can really grasp this, but this was a big deal. Moses was the man. He was the guy. For 40 years now, he has led the children of Israel while they've been in the wilderness. He's the one that God has used to work miracles to speak on behalf of God, to hear from God. No one has really walked with Moses ever or will ever like Moses walked with God. Moses talked to God face to face. Moses would go to God and he'd hear from God. He delivered the 10 commandments to the Israelites. He instructed them in the ways of God. He told them how to honor God and worship God and what God wanted and how to be obedient to God and what pleased God. Now he's dead. It's shocking to me that one of the most powerful, beautiful stories in scripture starts out with death. It's important for you to know that every ending in your life marks a new beginning. And one of the reasons transition is hard for us is because we don't realize that transition often comes in moments of loss. We don't recognize the significance of the moment because we're dealing with pain and the Israelites have a loss of a leader, but they also have Joshua who's facing new pressure. 
Now the baton of leadership has been passed to him and he's got all the eyes of the people on him wondering what's next. We've known what life is like with Moses, but what does this mean with you? Moses was clearly God's chosen, but we don't know what this means for you, Joshua. But God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. He says, just as I was with Moses, so I'm gonna be with you. And I like verse three because in moments of uncertainty, I think many times we're wondering, am I gonna make the right decision? Am I gonna be in the right place? Am I where I'm supposed to be? And I'm, am I doing what God wants? How do I know what God's will is? And I just wanna encourage everybody here, if, if you've ever wondered about God's will and are you in the will of God and how to find God's will, all you really have to do is, is look at the bottoms of your feet. Because he says, wherever you set your foot, I'm gonna be with you. Wherever you set your foot, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm, I'm gonna bless you. And that's encouraging to me because see, he, he's trying to mark a transition moment for the Israelites, for Joshua, that you don't have to look for the blessing of God. I actually want you to be the blessing where you go. Now, this would have been crazy for Joshua because up to this point, <laughs> he says, I'm gonna give you the place where you set your foot. You're gonna experience victory, but Joshua would have associated where he was with defeat, with failure. Where was Joshua? Well, we learn this in chapter three. He receives this instruction from the Lord, chapter three, verse one. It tells us early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. You might think, what is significant about Shittim? Well, for one thing, you gotta be careful how you say it because you might cuss accidentally. <laughs> it's not what I'm gonna have you repeat. Shittim was the place of their failure. Shittim was what turned an 11 day trip into a 40 year journey. This wasn't the first time they had been in this place. Shittim marked the place of their disobedience, the place of their doubt. In, in fact, earlier, it was what happens here that God said, because of your doubt, because of your disobedience, because of your failure, this very same disobedience, everyone who doubts is not gonna get to enter into the promised land. Only your kids are gonna get to see it. So while they're in this place waiting to cross over, they're being faced with a reminder of 40 years of failure, 40 years of hardship, 40 years of disappointment, 40 years of despair, 40 years of funerals, 40 years of sadness, 40 years of disobedience. That's the context where they're at. But look at how Joshua responds. Chapter three, verse five says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, the Lord will do an amazing thing among you. So God's given him a promise and now he's got the faith to move forward. And he's telling them, look, there's something that you've got to do today 
in order to be ready for what God wants to do tomorrow. It's consecration. You might think, what is consecration? Well, maybe a better way to think about consecration is to think of the word dedication or devotion. Consecration, it's when we set something aside for a holy purpose. When we set something aside for God's use. When, when we set something aside for the glory of God, for the work of God. That's in one sense what this offering is. We're, we're setting it aside for God's use, for God's purpose. But of course, a prayer of consecration is something that you can pray every day. God, I consecrate myself. I dedicate myself to you today. It's consecration. It's the part of your faith that no one sees. That's why I never want to take for granted when people are coming to church and you're showing up to seek God and to worship God, to hear from God, to take notes, to receive from his word, to give in the offering, to serve, that matters. Because what you're doing isn't just for today. You, you are doing something now to set yourself up for future success. See, lots of times when we see a miracle in someone's life, we misunderstand the miracle. When, when we see a miracle, we look at the prominent outcome. Isn't that amazing? But we miss the private obedience that led to it. Many times the miracles in the Bible, you trace them, you always see an act of obedience or a demonstration of faith that led to a miracle. We misunderstand miracles because we think, oh, wasn't that amazing? But there was a consecration that took place in a previous season. I'm trying to help you see that what we get to do today, it's not just for today, it's for tomorrow. That what we get to do today, it's setting ourselves up for the future. We're preparing for future strength. We're preparing for a trial that we're not in yet. We're doing something that might not be visible to everybody else, but I promise you it's valuable to God. To quote another famous prophet, Michael Jordan, he said, it is what's done in empty gyms that fills up arenas. And, and it's the things that nobody else sees that produce the results that everybody else wants. I, I don't know what you're coming today and dedicating to the Lord, but I'm telling you, if it's a sacrifice, nobody sees it, but God sees it. God honors it. It matters to God. It's not wasted. It's not lost. It is holy. That's what consecration is. Something that is set aside as holy. That's why moments like this are special to me. These moments. You understand, my life was shaped by the church, but it was really shaped in moments like this. It wasn't shaped through a sermon that gave me information. It was shaped through a message that called me higher, that called me to action. It was shaped in a service just like this. I remember the first time I gave a significant gift. That's why I'm really encouraged today. And when I think about what's gonna happen in a few moments, I'm thinking about all the college students in here. Like I've talked about how there's kids in Velocity Kids who break open their piggy bank to, to give an offering and, and that means a lot to me. 
But I'm thinking about the college students because you might be here and you might be a college student. You're like, ah, man, I'm a broke college student. What are you expecting me to give in this offering? I, I want you to know it was in a moment like this that God got a hold of my life. I was 17 years old. I had been going to college in France and I had come back to the States to visit my family for the holidays. And I was at a New Year's Eve service because when you've grown up in church and all you know is church, on New Year's Eve, you go to church. <laughs> so I was at a New Year's Eve service. I, uh, I, I honestly, I don't remember what the message was. That didn't stick out to me. I couldn't tell you what worship songs they sang. It was probably shout to the Lord or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Throwback. I, I don't remember any of that, but I do remember that there was an offering. I couldn't tell you what the offering was going for, but I remember the, the minister getting up and talking about this offering and it wasn't for the cause. It, it was really for the future. It was about sowing a seed for what God is gonna produce in your future. And I, I don't mean like in a buy a miracle from God kind of way. I mean like making an investment now because when you give, you're, you're planting seeds. When you give, you're, you're giving to God and it's impossible to give to God without him giving back to you. And I'm not just talking financially, I'm talking in your life, the things that are out in front of you, you don't know what you need, but God knows what you need. And so you gotta send something on ahead. And I, I, I remember feeling prompted by the spirit of God to, to give a thousand dollars. This was 24 years ago. I was 17 years old. I don't even really know how I had a thousand dollars. I think I received a, a early inheritance from a grandparent or something like that. But I had a thousand dollars. It's probably all I had. And I felt the spirit of God leading me to sow that seed. Now, what's significant about that? I don't remember what it went to. I don't remember the service, but I do remember just a few weeks after that in the month of January, I was in my room in France doing my devotions and I felt the spirit of God called me into ministry. That, that was the moment, that act of consecration led to a, a future moment that God opened up my heart to something that wasn't on my radar. I, I didn't wanna go into ministry. That was the last thought I had. In fact, I wanted to avoid it but I had an invitation. I'll just tell you personally, I've been praying that in our church, one thing God is gonna do over these next several years is call more people into ministry. More pastors, more missionaries, more people in full-time ministry at churches and, and campus ministries and all those things. I believe that God wants to do that in our church. And this might be that moment for you. I don't, I don't know what God is doing in your life, but I know that God uses moments like this transformative transitional moments and maybe understanding some of that significance. Now we can understand what's happening in Joshua chapter four, because it was in this moment, the middle of loss, the middle of pain, the middle of hardship, middle of uncertainty. After they had prepared themselves, God gives them this strange instruction you, you gotta keep in mind, for 40 years, they've been dreaming of this moment. They just pass into the promised land, what they've been looking forward to. This is the answer to their miracle. Look at what he says. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, 
choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down to the place where you stay tonight. Okay, 40 years of failure, 40 years of disappointment, 40 years of waiting for this moment. They get there. The last person sets their foot on the ground and God says, wait, 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 wait. You're not done. You got to go back. Back to that place of hardship. Back to that place of uncertainty. Back to that place of loss and I want you to pick up something carry it with you everything you've gone through I don't want you to to come out empty handed I want you to, to grab something that you would rather forget about and I want you to carry it with you so that God can use it to set, set up your future now, I was thinking about this because it's such an interesting story. There, there's so many things that I really want to talk about. The water's parted, it's dry ground, back to the place where the priests are standing. He says, go grab a stone. And as you grab this stone, I want you to carry it on your shoulder. So I don't know, it's got to be pretty, pretty big. Carry it on your shoulder. And this kind of reminded me What's significant about the shoulder? Well, I made the connection because it says this will be a sign. I thought maybe it was the 12 tribes. I thought maybe it's when they stack it up, but it says carry it on your shoulder because it's going to be a sign to you. And I remembered that the priests carried the ark on their shoulder. The ark was representative of the presence of God, the spirit of God. The priests were set apart. The, the ark was holy. And he says, I want you to carry the rocks something that maybe seems insignificant and carry it on your shoulder because I want you to know that what you're carrying is holy. And he says, when you get to the other side, I want you to set it down. And begin to stack it up as a memorial for what God did here today. Because if God didn't show up, you would have drowned in that river. If God didn't show up, that would have been rock bottom for you. If, if God didn't show up, you, you gotta go to this place that's awkward and hard and painful and, and, and maybe it's just things falling all over the place. It, it's, it's, no, I'm, be, I'm being serious. Like it's the, the moments that we'd forget, like I don't wanna remember that. It, it, it wasn't comfortable for me. It was painful for me. It was hard for me. It was awkward for me. That, that's the rock that I stumbled over. That's the rock that I, I tripped over. In fact, this place, Shatim, it was the place where there was a disagreement. The ones who doubted and unbelief, they actually, says, picked up stones to stone Joshua and Caleb. You got to think about that sound that would have been heard as they were piling these rocks remembering the place of their greatest failure. God says, I want you to use that. I want you to use that 
Don't come out of it empty-handed. Come out of it with faith for your future. This is something that, that I want to use. I, I'm, I'm trying to set this up because I don't know what brought you here today and as you're preparing for this offering, but I have a hunch that there, there's moments of us where things didn't go the way we wanted this year. And maybe even you're thinking like in your act of generosity, maybe like, I don't, I don't know if I can do what I wanted to do. And I thought some things would be different and there might be some disappointments. But don't come out of this empty handed. I want you to have some faith as you approach this offering. I'd mentioned this a few weeks ago and I wanna try and be transparent and be helpful and make it practical for you because I'd said that this year in particular at our church, for me, this has been one of the hardest years of leadership and ministry that I can remember. And one of the reasons that it's, it's been hard, not the only reason, but one of the reasons, this is the, the first time in the history of our church that we've gone backwards financially, gone down financially. Now, what's crazy about that is like so many other things are up. Like we've added services, we've grown. We had our biggest Easter ever this year. Like we've seen, we've added new team members. 99 people have joined a team this year. We, we've seen so many people come forward to faith in Christ and say yes to Jesus. There's so many things that have happened. And yet this one area has been hard. And as I was meditating on this passage of scripture to share with you, it's like God was saying this to me, you gotta go back and bring something out of it that'll build faith for your future. So I went back and I was thinking, well, God sent 12 men and 12 is significant because you know there's 12 tribes of Israel and there were 12 sons of Jacob and there are of course 12 disciples and 12 represents God's power and authority. 12 is significant. We don't have 12 tribes, but we have been a church for 12 years and 12 years for us. So I just started looking back through the years. And what I realized is that this year, in a, a year where our finances have gone down as a church, and attendance has gone up and finances have gone down, this year is a year that we've marked surpassing over a million dollars given to missions in the 12 years of our church. Now, I, some of you aren't clapping, and I don't know if that seems insignificant to you that in 12 years we would give away over a million dollars, but let me explain that. In year two of our church, our whole budget for the year, our entire budget was $25,000. Some of you say, why was, are you telling us year two? Why don't you tell us year one? Because our budget was so small in year one, I didn't write it down. I don't even have it recorded. <laughs> our year two of our church, our entire budget to operate this thing was $25,000. Obviously we weren't here, but that basically paid the rent on the venue we were renting. And 10 years from year two, we've given away over a million dollars to missions? That matters to me. And I'm trying to help you see that what you think might be hard, God might actually wanna to use to encourage someone's faith. That was, you know, in 12 years, 
I was thinking what's happened in 12 months, just this year. Of course, we're not quite at 12 months yet. Just this year, we've seen over 200 people say yes to Jesus in our services. That's, that's pretty amazing. You know, I, it took us like four years before we had 200 people in a service. But we've seen people say yes to Jesus this year. And what I'm trying to help you see, what is it about these rocks? Is that every stone is a story. I was talking to the guys in my group, how just what this offering means to me. And they were sharing what God has done in their life through generous giving, how God has used this to grow their faith and stretch their faith. And, you know, they've seen God's faithfulness and they've talked about, you know, things beyond just, again, we're not talking money. I'm, I'm just saying like what God has done in their faith, in their walk with God, in their trust, in their circumstances, the, the things that they've seen, they can cite, I would not be here today without the hand of God in my life. And I'm just trying to help you see, like sometimes you gotta tell yourself, I'm not gonna go through this without getting something out of it. I, I didn't go through 40 years. I didn't go through this loss, this pain, this hardship, this uncertainty to come out empty handed. And I, I love this story because what really could have been rock bottom for them, it, it became a stepping stone. So, what I'm trying to help you with is that if you've been blessed by this ministry, if this church has impacted you, whether it's a message that's made a difference, whether you've found community in this church, whether you've seen a prayer answered or whether you're a living testimony, you've come to Christ, you've been baptized, your life has been changed. I want you to know that none of that happens without someone's generosity. And before we have the opportunity to bring our offering, I just want us to recognize that all of us have stones, all of us have stories. I was fascinated by verse six, where Joshua's giving instructions. And he says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And what struck me was that question. What do these stones mean? What do, what do these stones mean to you? That, that's the significant part. What does it mean? See, on our envelope, we, we always include this part, what are you believing God for? And this is the part that matters to me. When I say don't come out empty-handed, I mean, don't, don't just put something in the offering. Come up with faith. What is it you're believing God for? We've been doing this long enough. It's a tradition at our church that talking with many of you, you've seen God answer this. And I don't mean you drop something in the offering and one month later, you get a miracle. That, that's not how this works. You might not see anything next year, but what I am saying, we have seen God answer these prayers. 
I've seen people who've been believing God for a spouse who are married. I've seen people who've been believing God for a family, for children, for a child that have children. I've seen people that are believing God for the salvation of a family member, of a loved one. We're sitting next to them at church right now. We've seen marriages that were about to fall apart be reunited, be brought together. God answers prayer. And I'm just trying to encourage you that this part matters. And if it matters to you, it matters to God. There's nothing that's too small that it's insignificant and there's nothing that's too big that it's impossible. I was talking about it with our kids because this is a family affair for us and you know, making sure that they bring something. It's gonna be sacrificial, but more importantly, making sure that they're bringing something that they're trusting God with. And I was talking to Reese about his because he's got a job now and I'm like, son, this better be a sacrifice for you because I pay all your bills. So you better, <laughs> better really do something generous. And uh, he, he is, he's doing something that's significant for him. But more importantly, I said, I, I wanna know, what are you trusting God with? What are you asking God to do in your life? What, what are you expecting God to do? What, what's your hope that you wanna see? And what's cool is we were talking about last year, because last year he wrote down that he wanted a car. And he, he got a car this year, and of course he worked for it, and he saved up for it. And he prayed for it, but it was absolutely a blessing. Absolutely an answer to prayer for him. And it was a miracle. And we just can't negate that when God answers prayer, there's, there's something that we're supposed to do and there's some things that only God can do. And when we do what we're supposed to do, God will do what only he can do. He puts his super on our natural. That's what makes something supernatural. So I wanna encourage you. What do these stones mean to you? What is it you're trusting God with? I wanna invite my, my wife up here as we prepare for this offering. I just wanna walk you through what we're gonna do. You might be here and you might be a guest, that's okay. In the seat back in front of you is, is one of these envelopes. And I really want everybody to, to grab one because it's not so much about, is there something in here? It's, is there something on here? I wanna encourage you to not come out empty-handed, but come up with faith. 